Today on the B2B Power Hour, I'll be talking to my friend Tom Slocum, Program Director at Rev Genius. And I think you guys are going to love this episode because we're going to be diving into something you guys keep asking me about day in and day out. And Tom, that's booking meetings, something you are fantastic at. Absolutely. Excited to be here. Uh, fun topic. You know, this is my my subject matter that I'm, uh, you know, very well versed in. Love prospecting. Uh, just kind of became my niche a couple years back and uh, happy to jam with you on it. Nice. We're, what do you think? When people get into prospecting, it, it's such this gray area. Why do you think so many people struggle when it comes to picking up the phone, getting your emails out, doing those activities? Biggest thing is overcomplication, overthinking, being paralyzed by that prospecting paralysis um, where, you know, you're trying to go for the home run. You're trying to swing every single time. You watch athletes do it, baseball players. They walk up and they just throw every ounce of their body into every pitch and they're not playing the long game. They're not being strategic in what they're doing and, and really paying attention at what's being thrown at them. They're just swinging for the fences. And the number one rule is always just get on base. Just do the next right thing. Get on base, move it along, you know, first to second to third to home. It doesn't have to be a grand slam. And so I think just getting back to the fundamentals, just remembering like there, this isn't hard. You're having a conversation with somebody on the phone. You do it with your family, your friends every single day. People are people. Um, and, and, you know, we just got to be more human when we call people and just, and in our messaging too. But we get so overcomplicated with all the, the noise on LinkedIn and everybody telling us how to do all these crazy things that just do you <laughs> bring it back down to the basics, hang out, do your messaging, practice your muscles, get those really core muscles locked in, then start adding the spice and the little levers that, you know, up your game a little bit um, and make you that well-versed prospector. But in the beginning, just practice the core foundation. I love it. Yeah. You can never get away from the the basics every time you do. We see it. We see it in our results. So take us back to basics, Tom. How? So somebody, we got, you know, these SDR, BDRs, full cycle AEs that are listening to this. And they're like, I'm not on track to hit quota. What, what should I do? How do I, how do I get back on track? Do the next right thing. Forget where you're at right now. It's not too late. I, I have come back from the most incredible stories, weeks, months that I never would have thought would have been possible. And it starts right here in your head, your mental game. Uh, and we're, you know, we're moving where you're at because right now you're stressed. I used to be that SCR or that rep that when I started struggling or finding a few rough days, I would go talk to everybody, start hitting up all the best performers. And I would take all this noise and I'd get this lo lovely tap on the shoulder by my boss calling me into a room and be like, what are you doing? I'm like, what do you mean? What am I doing? I'm trying to get help. He's like, stop, just focus on what you do. Well, it worked up until this point. What's changed. You're getting all involved with all this other stuff and getting the outside external things you can't control bothering you mm -hmm. reset, move on, get back to what you know, which are the basics of just practicing the muscles, get on the phone, do the next right conversation, get into your accounts, dig a little bit deeper on where you can get some wins, maybe switch task. Right. Maybe this lane isn't working for you at the moment. Try another lane, you know, try to move some things around, but it starts here in your mental. You can do it and, and get strip away all the noise. Just do what works for you. And I promise you when you remove that, 
you'll book a meeting within a few hours of being back on the phone or putting out those emails back to what you used to know, you'll get a win and be like, holy crap. All I had to do was just, just stop and slow down a little bit and just, you know, focus on what I know I can do well. Love it. How about we go in, uh, we talk account strategy. A lot of reps, okay. you know, as we were talking in the pre-show, they just shoot from the hip. They don't really have a method to the madness. So how do we organize ourselves to be highly strategic, starting with our account strategy? You got to prioritize, right? It, goal setting, prioritizing are very important functions of the human brain. They help in a lot of ways. We do it with everything else. Sales is not any different. Uh, a recent poll that I wanted to put out is, you know, is sales a science or an art? And I know it's a hot topic. And for me, I think sales is a science. You have to know your formulas, your math, the right levers to pull, and then add in the art of the creativity. So when it comes to account prioritization and really digging in, you can't be just open targeting, shooting from the hip, hoping something lands. Mm -hmm. You need to be very strategic on where you're putting your time and effort. Too many times you're chasing account, you get 15 touches in just to find out that it wasn't even worth you pursuing in the first, mm -hmm. thing, the first place. Spend all that time calling everybody. You find out the person left eight months ago. You're like, cool. Glad I wasted all that time, right? Yeah. So what you have to do is really determine your attention. Um, I, I really love knowing my customer profile. I love knowing my buyer personas. Um, and then, you know, tearing out what works for me and putting the top accounts that I need to focus on top and all the things that are like the bottom feeders that really don't fit our TAM, don't fit our buyer. Anything that's just kind of not there is going to require too much time. Mm -hmm. I kick off to the side. That's what I'm going to do in my admin hours, my after hours, the stuff in the dark that people aren't watching, right? To set me up. But during my eight hours, I am in here to get meetings booked and generate pipeline. And I need to be spending my time knowing that if I make 40 dials and I finally get a conversation, it's not a wasted shot. Mm -hmm. Because most of the time you'll get that connect after 40 dials, you've been in it, pick up the phone and it's not the right person. It's not this, it's not that. And you were dying for human conversation. Where instead, if you had made 40 strategic dials, knowing exactly who you're calling, why you're calling, what's going on, that connect is valuable no matter what. Mm -hmm. Because if that call picks up, then it's probably the right person, it's probably the right time, and you have the right message to deliver, that's gonna then put you know that meeting on the book, on the books. So you gotta look at it that way and really slice and dice your territory um, to prioritize those big, big buckets, middle buckets, and bottom. Um, so you can, you know, be strategic in what you're doing. And so when you're prospecting, do you use multi-channel? Do you have like preferred channels or how do you pick which channels to use? <sighs> Love this debate. We're going to have some fun. I am a cold caller, uh, to my core. Cold calling is, uh, my, my thing. I want to talk to people. I want to have conversations. I want to get real time data, real time feedback. Um, to where then I can make all of those tweaks on my other channels, the way that I'm going to dive into social, the way I'm going to dive into my emails on uh, my network are all going to change because I'm getting real time conversations and data on the phone. Um, that way I can find out if the person's actually even there before I add them to a sequence and waste my time and effort and my deliverability because I'm sending to all the wrong people and I'm ending up in spam more often than not. Mm -hmm when I can clearly send an email when it's appropriate. I know this person is there. I've spoken to them on the phone. I've verified that. Too many people get an inbound lead and shoot an email right off um, and then realize, you know, oh, that person's not even there. 
Um, they don't even work there. So, you know, you can pick up the phone, get in, get a hold of somebody, get your questions, and then not even waste that email, any of those steps on that back end. So cold calling is really big for me. It's my number one channel mm -hmm. just for that. It'll improve your messaging. It'll improve everything you're doing because you're actually talking with people in real time, you know, objections in real time. Like I'm doing it right now in my program, right? I'm, I'm teaching people how to go out and do all of this stuff in my curriculum within Rev League. But I'm now prospecting again myself for business, right? I want teams to come into my program. And guess what? All the messaging we were going to market with has kind of hit the, missed the, missed the, the nail, mm -hmm. right? In some sense. Now that we've been on the phone and I've been talking to leaders and they're like, okay, Tom, what about this? Talk me through this. I'm hearing what's not clicking for them. Our messaging is just getting crispier and tighter. Mm. Um, and now we're getting those inbounds. We're getting more clearer on that crisp value prop for each person. And we're already able to be ahead of them on any objections they're gonna come up with because we're already gonna know they're probably gonna ask that. So we'll be ready with our answer. And I've gotten that all from like five days worth of cold calling, right? Having 20, 25 conversations with leaders, pitching out what I thought was working, you know, and then taking that data and, and adjusting. So we're just getting better and our conversions are getting better. So cold calling is my way. And then I like to lean into social. I'm really big in social right now. Um, I think it is really great to network, meet people, mm -hmm. become that subject matter expert uh, out there to the world on what you do for a living. And then you start building a lot more credibility because now when I get on the phone, people are like, oh, hey, it's you, Tom. What's going on? You know, nobody's like, I, I don't have to spend five minutes of my pitch trying to get them up to speed to who I am, what I do, all that good stuff. That part's already out of the convo. It's just right into it. Nicholas, it's Tom calling you up and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, you're doing all that stuff. What's up? You know, and it's boom, we're caught up and we can have a, a, a conversation. Yeah. And yeah, that name recognition goes a long way. It's nice when you don't have to go and be victim to a company without a big name. I hear that a lot. Well, my company's not recognized. That's mm -hmm. fine. Nobody says you can't be. Or like you said, having a game plan of how you're going to attack it where that's not a weakness. Like just don't, don't lead with mm -hmm. that. Right. And uh, I like hearing that you have your account strategy, but you're also your cold call more or less is your verification in real time. That's what I love about cold calling. And that's really the truth is it's my greatest data driver, right? It allows me to get real data. I don't have to rely on all of these sources. You know, I have a lot of SDRs that tell me, well, my industry doesn't have contacts, right? I'm in SMB, I'm in mid-market, you know, I call single-handed businesses that Zoom Info, Zoom Info, Seamless, can't give me contacts on, mm -hmm. right? What do I do, Tom? How do I get that information? What do you mean? Call. Yeah, they have a front Talk desk. Talk to people. <laughs> get, you got a front desk. Like, you know what you're actually trying to reach out for, right? Well, yeah. Do you know your buyer? Yeah. Well, then go ask. Go out and get that information. I have an appropriate person email that it's, uh, I just shared with my members that's blowing up, right? Where you can send out an email to whatever address you do have or to people you do have contact info for and, and give them a give and simply ask in, in return, any idea who I could speak to, right? Who would that be? Yeah. Um, you know, what can we do? And so that'll help you, right? Uh, and then pick up the phone. Hey, so-and-so, I'm trying to reach your marketing department. Do you know who that would be? Oh yeah, uh, in regards to what specifically? Oh, this and that. Okay, hold on, let me get you transferred over one second. And the ones that don't tell you or push you off, mark them and move on. Mm -hmm. Don't even waste your time there right now. Go do that stuff on the back end. In your eight hour workday, your focus should be your prospecting, period. What makes a good SDR great 
is what they do in the shadows. And I tell you that to people all the time. People try to manage their admin hours and their research while they're cold calling and in their day to day because they want to go in and clock in and clock out. And that's all they want to do. And that's fine. Go do that. But no, don't be out here complaining and bothered that you're not getting wins and your teammates are beating you and you're not finding success. Mm-hmm. Because what your team, the, the one percenters are doing is they're doing all the work in the after hours. They're putting in the networking. They're out having conversations with their audience and their buyers. They're out vetting those accounts, finding that extra information when they have no time restraint, right? They're not restrained by the eight hours they're in because research can really paralyze people. Like I follow a very simple formula in my research before I pick up the phone, Mm -hmm. but people get caught up in like 30 minutes looking at one account. And it's like, you could have made 20 dials in there and gotten to talk to somebody. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm trying to find why I should call this person. Call and talk to them, find out, pick up the phone, see if they're even first going to pick up. You're going to waste all that time to just get a voicemail. Good job. Like focus, you know, get on the phones, have some data, mark all of your notes all day. And then at that last hour of the day, close it out and put in all of your notes, all of your work, make sure all the accounts that got neglected over the day, you go back now and try to clean up. Maybe you can find a contact in another community, another network, go do some research in that last hour of your day. But that first five, six hours, be on the phones, ready to go in the ones that you've already prepped, the ones that are already cleaned up, you know exactly who to call and get your numbers. Once your numbers are done, now you can go do the backwind work to prepare for the next few days. Yeah, it time management and sales is so critical. And like you were saying, prioritization, I actually started leading with LinkedIn in the morning and then following up in the evening. And so it's working okay. while I'm working. So it's like, you know, you make that That's investment, right? And then I'll, so I'll do my, yeah. I post my content. I go in, I use sales nav. So I'm just commenting on yeah. my prospects and then, uh, I'll send my connection requests. So I'm networked with the right people and then I leave it. And I don't touch it unless I have some free time during the day where, uh, you know, even then I don't usually until later, but you got, it's, it's where you're getting, like you said, your strength, where are you getting wins? And, uh, I'm actually thinking video is going to be really interesting soon more than it ever has before, like visual prospecting and just sending videos. So you have that live feel asynchronously is going to get really interesting soon. It's, uh, you know, video is a game changer. I actually um, uh, did this back in um, 2021. Yes. where No, that was like last year. 2020. <laughs> 2020. Um, I was working at a company, uh, an SEO. Mm-hmm. And um, we got into video because it was popping all over LinkedIn, as we all saw. Um, you know, it was really out there. People loved it. And I actually did a few template videos and then conveyed an entire training to the org. CS, AEs, HR, onboarding. Um, they were so blown away by this um, because we're getting good engagement from the SDR side. Mm-hmm. I was sending out prospecting videos. I was leaning into it, um, sending them on LinkedIn yep. and then follow up an email, right? But ideally my main channel was getting connected on LinkedIn because you could avoid the spam stuff with the video. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a little bit more personal. And uh, yeah, ended up rolling it out for the whole org. And it really did great things for the AEs to pick up closed loss deals or ghosted deals um, or even walkthroughs on our proposal. Mm. Hey, I know we've been trying to connect on the phone. It's been a little bit hard. 
let's cut all that. I just recorded a video for you. It'll show you all the steps we need. Let me know when it's completed. Contracts like that, right? Walkthroughs were money. Um, and we started getting a little bit more deals in. We had CS doing it to talk about new features. Nice. Hey, Nicholas, new feature we rolled out. We could show them that, right? Through video. And this new company, I want to shout out. So I use Vineyard, big fan, love Drift, love Loom, all the homies I have mad love for with them. And they're great, great tools. Tolstoy is kind of doing some cool things. If you haven't heard of them, they're doing interactive videos. So while you watch the video, questions come up and navigate the journey with the viewer. Hmm. Really cool. Um, and it's called Tolstoy. Um, and uh, really, really great. It's uh, communicate with interactive videos. And I think they're going to change the way that now again, we're going to level up um, level up uh, video once more. But I'm a big fan. I think it's going to be huge. I think we're going to move into a world where prospect experience is going to be an interesting thing because, you know, all the predictive analytics and all the stuff that comes before we talk to them. But I always laugh when people say we're going to cease to exist at some point. Because at the end of the day, the reason why they say what we like complex sales is because we need to provide a prescription and we need to do some collaboration. No computer's going to take that away. No. It, we've, uh, I've even tried, and this is going to really uh, uproar your audience, is <laughs> cold FaceTime. Cold FaceTime. I've done it. Uh, I've talked about it on LinkedIn. A few of us have piloted it. It had some really fun, interesting takes on social media. But I have actually cold FaceTime people because it's literally the same thing, right? Is I'm trying to get that face to face. I'm trying to bring that form you know, formality with you. It's an option on my phone. It's not intrusive. It's it's just another form of communication that is public to everybody. Um, and I've tried it, right? And I've cold called my prospects. Now I had some warmness. I'm not saying first touch or like, please don't just pick up a cold FaceTime, but I've tried to reach people and I hadn't got a hold of them. And it was a big pattern disrupt. And they called me out, right? They called me right out. Uh, hello. And I'm like, hey. And they're like, what are you doing? And then I have to, you know, show them. And I've had a few convert. Uh, it was great. I've done about 30 to 40 of them. Um, and I converted about, you know, 10 to 12 of them into a meeting that were generally like surprised by it. Uh, but it's bringing that video element, bringing us and connecting us. Um, I'm going to call you anyway, or I'm going to send you a video. Why not combine the two in one touch? Be a little bit more efficient and see if you answer. Because the great news is you can hit decline if you want. It's just a decline button. Not a big deal. Mm -hmm. uh, but in my follow-up, I'm like, hey, that was me cold FaceTiming you. You know, uh, I shot you a FaceTime, thought maybe we could just cut through the noise. And people would be like, oh, I'm sorry I missed that. Call me again tomorrow. And boom, call them up and we have a full-on, you know, face call. It's interesting. Pretty cool stuff. It, it's interesting because you think of like prospecting in layers, right? Even like your accounts, you got mm -hmm. tier one, tier two, tier three, however you go and mix up your buckets, right? Prospecting yeah. is no different. You're going to have your primary buckets and you're going to have a, you should have a method to your madness. Like how you were saying, like you lead with cold calling because it's your live interaction where you're learning in real time. So you can take it to whatever you're doing later. You know, when you just said that, that was another tactic, that's like a, a bolt on. Right. But I think so many people get yep. stuck on the bolt on stuff that they forget to do the basics. Like what we were talking about earlier. And if you lose the basics, this is where you get stuck in research or you get overwhelmed by the cold call. And, you know, sometimes you just got to pick up the phone. And I, I don't miss cold calling as much as I used to because it used to be we were we had to do 120 plus dials a day and we had the auto dialers. I don't miss those world 
partly because I couldn't control what was in the account list. And they didn't sort the lead list by the same persona, so I never knew who I was going to get. And they didn't have the cool stuff now where like it pops up on the screen so you can actually see who you're talking to before. Right. And I, honestly, right. I don't know if there's a place for that. Do you... Like, I I think that we should own our our accounts like it's our business. Own it. And that you pick your method to your madness. Yeah, the company might give you guidance, but if you don't own it, how are you going to hit target? It, it's a franchise within a franchise, and you have to look at it that way. And this is why I love talking about AE, SDR, you know, uh, relationships and best practices. It's one of my favorite kind of things to jam out on because you're absolutely right. This is you and I together working for, you know, my brand or the franchise I bought into, which is Rev Genius, right? I'm, I'm part of Rev Genius. That's the marketing support I have. That's all the team that I have behind me. But ultimately, I'm the one on the front lines. Like, I got to go out there and penetrate this, this patch or this territory and do my goals for you mm -hmm. with your support. So why am I not getting allowed to have that autonomy with my SDR, my AE, to figure out how we're going to bring in and, and be the best franchise in the entire company, mm -hmm. right? There's 15 franchises all working, all AEs, but I'm going to be the top franchise for you. I'm going to work for you because ultimately this is my business, my brand, my name, my referrals. You know, you'll see some of the best AEs can switch, switch companies and their entire base will come with them. They don't stay for the company. They worked with the AE, mm -hmm. right? Because AE owned that business. That's their client list. That's that's my client list I brought for you and brought into your company using your help and support, but they worked with me. And too many people get bought into, I worked for the company. Um, but that's why it's so important to work somewhere where you love and you support and you genuinely like the space that you're in. Uh, because if you don't, then you can never own that. And it's always gonna be you know, an issue. So find something you really enjoy. For me, I love SEO. I love the digital world. I love being in companies like that. I've worked at GoDaddy, Yelp, Rep Management, right? Digi uh, Milestone, because I love that space. So even outside of the company, I just love the space. I could be in that audience and in those communities and those networks with my, my prospective buyers because I actually wanted to be a subject matter in that space. So you want to find stuff that you actually enjoy so you can own that business model and go out and network and enjoy sharing what you love to do um, and build that pipeline that way. Yeah, and you're mentioning like the 1% that go into it after work. If it's not your passion, yeah. if you're not nerding out about it or like diving in on your free time, it's probably not a good fit. And I think, I think one thing that's also worth mentioning is Sometimes it's good to work for a large company. And I learned that through my experience that I wish I would have stayed some, with some bigger companies to start out with, to have the resources, to get the training, to do some of that before I went to smaller companies. There's advantages to working for smaller companies, but if you're not ready, those advantages don't work to your favor. Not at all. Not at all. Um, none of those advantages. So that's why I tell people, really find what you love to do um, you don't always have to buy into the company per se or be on that mission um, as much as that would help, but generally show up for the people that you love to impact um, and find the tool and service that makes sense for that. Um, and then, you know, go join that market and find the best company within that market that fits and aligns with all of that. So you can, uh, you know, enjoy your time and, and then go penetrate your market knowing you're doing the right thing. I, uh, I just thought of a fun question. <laughs> just, I, it's one I haven't Ooh. asked before, but. What is one thing that you wish people would stop asking you about cold calling? 
that's an interesting one. That's like an Uber driver that said, stop asking me. Yes, I do this for a living. Yes, Uber. People love Lyft over Uber. Uh, you know, all the fun stuff they always get. What do I uh, hate of being asked about in cold call? Uh, my, I, gosh, I don't have one. Um, I never get the same question. It's such a variety that comes from people that are in cold calling. Like I've ran nice. cold call rooms. We do office hours. You know, we do a lot of things, but I've never really got berated with the same uh, kind of like nudging question where I'm like, dude, like this question is so like silly. Stop asking. Um, Will Allred pointed to people asking about subject lines. Oh, he's like, man, with email, stop worrying about your subject line. Write your email. <laughs> Mine is asking permission. I'm tired of people asking, like, should I ask permission on a cold call? Mm. Um, I guess that would be my one irk right now. Like the 27 seconds, you know, pitch or some of those that are out in the market where, hey, can I have 27 seconds to tell you why I called? You know, hey, do you have a minute? Um, people always are asking, like, what's your take on that? What do you feel people should do? And I'm just tired of it. Like, one, I don't think it really has really any effect one or the other way. I don't. I don't think data would tell you one better than the other. I think, one, it is a personal preference. What works for you? If you want to be polite, great, ask it. I don't. I think them picking up the phone and answering was their permission. That's just my take. Like you answered the phone. That gives me permission to do whatever I need to do. And I'm going to get right to it because you answered. Um, not, hey, you know, it's me calling. Do you have a second? Well, if I didn't, I wouldn't have picked up. Mm -hmm. What What do you need? Yeah, get right to right? the Right? Like that's how I look. Yeah, just get to the value and then let them speak after, right? And they'll tell you if or not. Um, so I think that's my only pain or probably thing is like, I laugh every time that somebody jumps in a room and is like, Hey, my pitches, do you have a minute? You know, 27 seconds or less. And I'm like, Oh my God, stop asking permission on the cold call. Just do what you got to do. <laughs> people are people just pick up the phone, have a nice greeting, a nice delivery, be warm and fuzzy, be human. You don't call your friend and be like, Hey, you got a second? No, nah, you call, you got value. You got a story to tell them. You got something to share. Like you're calling them. And if they pick up, you know, they're going to be there. So that's kind of my little irk or my little uh, question, I would say, if I had to give one, uh, asking permission on a cold call. That's fair. What about, uh, what is one thing you wish people would ask more often? Is there a space like that people just don't get with cold calls that if they just really understood that, that they, it would remove that friction? Uh, I think that again, people are people. I think people overcomplicate that they're cold calling somebody, they're interrupting, uh, all of these things. And at the end of the day, you have a job to do. These people have a job to do. And don't take it so personal. I think what too many people do when they cold call is they take everything personally. And I bring this up in a lot of episodes that I'm in and I talk about is that look at it from your perspective, buyer's shoes. If I took every single email I got and gave every single SDR 30 minutes, I would have no job. Mm-hmm. How could I do my job, right? I can't do that. I have a job to do. I have things going on. You're probably dropping value after value in my email. I just haven't had a moment. Or you'll think this person's blowing you off and ghosting you and you're going to get all frustrated. And then a week later, they call you and their dog died and they were just going through it. Stuff was tough. Like, hey, sorry, you know, we got a big project. So I think what people don't ask enough or what they don't want to learn more about or ask enough about is how to not take things personal, how to, how to deal with the rejection daily, how are some methods to the madness of, you know, 
how do these one percenter SDRs that are doing it for three, four years, how have you done it? What did it for you? Because at my core, I hate people yelling at me. I hate rejection. It sucks. They yell at me. They tell me to go screw myself on the call. How do you get through that? And I don't think people ask enough about the how to build tough skin in the job um, and how to remove that, you know, taking everything so personal. Because at the end of the day, it's not about you. I promise none of these people like even know who you are. Now, when you start getting into personal branding and you start getting out there and being seen and then they do it, all right, it's a little bit tougher. I'm like, dude, you know me. Like, what are you doing? You know, we talk all the time. So it's a little personal, but these people are your friends. They don't know you. You don't know them, what they're going through. You're just trying to provide value. Um, so don't take it so personal. Love it. I've noticed too that people, uh, they make it too much about them. And I think that's where a lot of that rejection comes to when I listen to people go through scripts. I'm like, you realize you just spent the like the first 30 to 45 seconds of your call telling them how amazing you are. What? <laughs> How is that it's, supposed to work? How is that supposed to work, right? Like you can't do that. Um, nobody cares. Again, everybody's going to call and say how great everything is that you do. I mean, you're going to tell me your podcast is the best podcast in the world because that's your baby. That's your love. That's what everybody, everybody takes pride in their own thing. Mm -hmm. So you're going to call and be like, hey, I got the best product. Like I'm, I'm bragging about Rev Genius because I absolutely love it. But maybe another community is for you. You know, maybe it's not the one that's okay. I'm going to just show you my value. I'm going to provide what I have. And you know, there's different flavors of every day. It just depends, but you just dropping features and benefits being all cool about how great you are. People don't want to hear that. Make a connection. I lead with the three R's in all of my messaging, research, relevancy, and relatability. That's literally my formula for my success is that every call I make, I want to have my research done, like my appropriate research. I know why I'm calling this person, my relevancy on what the hell that research I found even makes sense to, to tie in. Yeah. Because again, stop personalizing just to personalize. Personalize with an actual tie into your message. Nick, I know you're in podcasting. I love your post all the time. Have you ever looked at this tool for how you're doing your podcasting? Yeah. Not... Man, Nick, love your podcast, uh, but I've actually never listened to it. But let me show you my feature product benefit on why, you know, <laughs> data management would be good for you and you're a podcaster. Huh? Yeah. What did you even bring up podcasting for then? Oh, I just did that so you'd read my email. Oh, cool. Bait and switch. Appreciate it. Tie in your actual relevancy, right? What you're pulling in as your research. Make it make sense. And then be relatable. Human to human. Be normal. Um, and have that natural conversation with people. And, and try to help them get to where they're going um, and detach from all of that, right? Um, and that's just it on a phone call. You're trying to bring people information, trying to help them take action. And ultimately, you're just trying to find out where they're at. You don't even know where they're at and you're coming in guns ablaze and shooting from the hip being like, you need my tool. Yeah. Bam. And it's Are like, you ready to buy what? now? Now? Yeah, you got to go now. You got to. What about now? You got it, right? You need this tool, right? Right, right, right. Dude, what? Hey, Nick. What have you done up until this point to address your podcasting time management? Mm -hmm. Oh, I've done this and this and this. Oh, that's great. Have you ever really looked into, you know, have you heard of this guy? Oh, I have. Cool. Here's what it can do, right? And we conversate and I'm actually speaking with you to catch up to where you are in your journey right now and then where I might be able to fit in. I mean, have, that's where discovery is so important. Mm -hmm. True discovery on a cold call and asking the right leading questions and really digging in. 
you can change a deal and a conversation within seconds by just changing the way you ask a question or the question that you even ask in the first place. Me and uh, Jared did that recently. We were on a, on a pitch. It wasn't going really well. Jared blew this guy's mind with an amazing question. He stopped for a second and just was like, you know what? Hold on. Pop this question in, open up the conversation in a whole new way. And we were on, we were on for another 15, 20 minutes and now have a progression deal. Right? So it's about questions, discovery, talking with them um, to get them to move forward. I love that you bring up the temperature test, like to see where they are. Cause I, I, I see people do it in every medium, not just cold call where they're, you know, that buy now, buy now, ready now, ready now. And they don't ever stop to think like our first job is to see where they are in that process. And so we're not, you know, we can't go drag them to where we want them to be. There's enough buyers out there. We got to go and meet them where they're at and see if we can, if they believe in what we're pitching, right? You know, trying to get somebody to, I say it all the time. Sales is change management. The hardest thing to do is to change someone's mind when they, they absolutely hate it. It's like, you know, if you're a Mac user or PC to get somebody to switch, is that really, you know, the hill you want to die on? Or is it easier just to be respectful and the call? Like, you know what? I don't think this is a good fit for us. Next. It's okay to say no and disqualify somebody, right? Like it's okay. And again, that's that account prioritization, knowing where you're at in your pipeline, in your territory, knowing where your next deal is coming from um, and being able to know when to cut ties and say, you know what? It's actually isn't a benefit to both of us. And I'm so glad that we were able to talk on the phone, have a discussion and find out, you know what? Maybe this isn't good. Now your inbox is saved. My time and your time is saved. Best of luck to you here and there. You'll hear from me if anything changes, but best of luck. And now I can go spend my time where it's better spent. If somebody wanted to be a better cold caller, like a framework, or is there anything that uh, come to you guys, but is there anything that uh, you would recommend just to practice? Like maybe you listen to their calls or try different frameworks or what would you recommend that person that's just struggling with the phone right now? Network. Call people, people that you don't need to win right now, mm. because right now you're focused on closing things and you're, and you're the commission breath, the desperation is coming in and it is subconscious. I'm not saying everybody does it mm-hmm. uh, knowingly, but it is very transparent when we're not at our best. Um, and when we're trying to push for that number and we just get in our heads and people can sense it on the phone. So what I try to do is go get some small wins uh, that you know you can have really good conversations with and just kind of loosen up. Go call your friends, pitch your company to them, talk to them. I have cold called my friends more often than not in the very beginning days of me being an SVR without them ever knowing. I just called. I'd have a bad call. I'd call them up because I knew they'd answer and I would just go right into it. Um, and then they would play along. And then at the end, I'd be like, what'd you think? And they're like, dude, it wasn't that great. You know, it sounds like your tone is really bad. I also would make phone calls in the morning and dry, uh, call my own cell phone in the morning about an hour in and leave a voicemail to myself. And then I would check again after lunch around like one, two o'clock. I'd give myself another voicemail and I would listen to them at the end of the night and watch how my mood and my tone would change through the morning and the afternoon. Interesting. And also see how crisp I was being on the voicemail um, to try to get better at that part. So those are just some practice. You've got to practice your core muscles. I mean, look, if Steph Curry stopped shooting threes at practice, he would be so rusty in a game, it wouldn't even be funny. But that dude religiously is in the court shooting threes, practicing that core muscle, and he's been doing this forever. You're like, why are you still doing that? 
And he's like, because I got to keep my muscles, like my core muscles in shape. You have to do the same. So when you're struggling on the phone, get away from actually having to be worried about a, a successful call in a booked meeting mm-hmm. and go call some friends, go call your peers, go jump in a room with somebody and play it out back to back, you know, back to back, call each other on the phone, play it out, kind of figure out where you're going wrong, um, you know, and practice that muscle a little bit more. Love it. Love it. I've actually had never heard anybody else do that, but I used to have a call buddy. And so when he actually worked in another company and we just became friends through work. And we set a time when we were supposed to do our calls and we were our first call and we would take turns. So I would call and I'd have a five minute timer and then he'd have a five minute timer. And then we'd do it like a temperature check. Like, are we good? Good. Okay, go. And sometimes we'd have to practice two or three times before we were, you know, as you say, nice and crispy. And then you'd get rolling. Right. But it's that routine going back to that routine and then also having some mechanism just to go and give yourself feedback. You got to hear your own self um, and give yourself feedback, you know, and I know it is terrible to hear your own voice. I get it. (laughs) Um, Trust me. I hate, I don't listen to my own podcast half the time. I just don't, I don't look at these episodes. I try not to because it throws me all off. Right. Because I just don't like it. But when you're in the game, you got to watch game tape. You got to be watching game tape. You got to be practicing, figuring out where you made your mistakes, um, you know, and just paying attention to how you're sounding. Because most of the time, I hate people are going to hate this one too. Is that most of the time you're failing in your cold calls not because of your prospects, because of you, right? Own it. You're getting objections because of you. You're getting hung up on because of you. You know, and, and that's where people are like, well, how do you not take this so personal? You just said, don't take this personal. And it's, and it's not that way. It's just take it as growth learning. It's, it's learning, you know, you watch an athlete try to get down in the post with a basketball player and they just can't, the guy keeps hitting them and blocking them out. They're going to go back to the lab and practice that and try to get through that muscle so that they can come back and you know dominate the game a little bit more right down there. So you got to watch your tape and, and just understand that it's all growth. If you're getting objections, good. Write them down. Learn them. Get crispier responses. Track them. Figure out what's working, what's not working. Take all that live data on the phone and from those email responses and work on it, right? Don't just be writing it off and throwing it off to the wayside. That is all valuable content along the way that's helping you going to get better and, and help those muscles get a lot easier for you. Amen. When I, uh, when I was in insurance, I don't tell this story very often. But when I first started, my manager drove me out to an industrial area and he just left me. He said, I'll see you at four o'clock. So we did our Monday morning like sales meeting. And then he just left, like just left me in this warehouse area. And I just walked around and I was talking to people. And uh, that first day was brutal. But what I realized is because I'd been in sales before is that it was all about where was the disconnect. And I heard J-Bay or someone else had just brought this up recently. He said, where are you getting stuck? Track your calls, track your emails, track your LinkedIn. Where are you? Where's the disconnect? Is it the first 10 seconds? Is it the next 30 seconds? Where, where's the issue? And diagnose on the fly. Okay, next call. What do I need to work on? My open? My hook? Where Where is this disconnect? And I would say, as you were saying, that relevance is definitely high up on that list, hey? Did I open with something that was highly personalized and highly irrelevant? Because <laughs> there's nothing that kills. Like, I know the kiddo will come and ask me a question 
and I'll be in the middle of doing something. It's like, why in the hell are you asking that? And you got to think like, where's the relevance? Why, why, why do you care? And you know, when you get them thinking and burning calories on something like that, never works out well. But when you're saying like, when you guys are in that meeting and you switch the, that question and you got them burning calories on something that was meaningful to their business and actually gave them value. That's different, right? Yep. It really is. And that's the, the point, right? Is relevancy. And, and sometimes you don't have all the personalization in the world. I tell people like they don't, they're not on social. They can't get all this information. How do I be personal? Guess what is another way to be personalized? Relevant. Show me relevancy that you know what I'm going through and my, you know, in a little bit. And that is still personalization. You know, hey, Nick, I'm a podcaster just like you. What's it like, you know, having to run all through the game tape and all the editing up to this point? Does it cost you 15 hours a week like it did me? That's still personalization and relevancy. And I was just basing it off of your role. Mm-hmm. I know you do a podcast. That's it, right? Like, that's that's all I needed. I, I don't need to know you went to college, this dog, you know, all of these other things. I was just relevant. And I understood your world and I connected with you on something that was personal to you, um, you know, um, and that's a little bit different. So you can always go with relevancy um, with over personalization. You don't have to have one or the other. Amen. I could not agree more. And I wish that's something that people would ask more often is how, how relevant is relevant. And if you know their job better than anyone else, you are as relevant as you need to be. But until you can step into their shoes, right? So this, I love that you bring that up because I was just on another podcast yesterday with a, another company And we talked about exactly that is that here's what's so cool about SDRs. And I hate why they think they're just an SDR or they don't have all this value Mm -hmm. because check this out. Let's say you're calling CMOs of marketing. That one CEO you're calling only knows their little bubble, their only little world. Mm -hmm. Okay. They're only, they're not networking. They're not out there. They don't have the time in the day. You as an SDR spend every waking work day, knowing the challenges of a CMO because that is your audience. You are out there digesting content. You are spending the time Mm. learning all the other verticals, their competitors. You're literally talking to their competitor 10 minutes earlier in another email thread while talking to this one. You are so valuable because you are actually more of a subject matter expert than they are because I'm actually taught, like I, I talk with you. I'm out there getting that knowledge. That's why podcasts are really cool. And they're really good lead magnets and they're really good for awareness because you're putting that all out there. You're bringing all the knowledge in for them because they don't have the time and effort to do that. They don't get to make a living doing that. They have a job to do. But you literally are trying to put on the hat of your buyer. You know, SDR is just a skill, not what you do. What you do is your buyer. Love it. You need to live and breathe that. And so then when you call these people, my methodology is trust, attitude and authority and brevity. That's my method on the phone. My framework is all built around how to open up with trust, how to lead with uh, authority and a, and a good attitude, and then how to close with brevity, right? And it's all about that authority. You are the subject matter expert. Own that. Nick, I talk to podcasters like you all the time, and I generally do. I have 50 conversations a week with podcasters. How many do you talk to? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe three here and there. Okay. I think I got a little bit of experience in this area. Mm-hmm. How are you dealing with audio quality and the time management of editing. Do you outsource that or are you using that internally? Now I'm just sitting here having a combo with you and you're like, dude, this dude knows more than I do. Like, 
where's the gold here? Yeah. Well, great. I got something for you, Nick. You know what? 10 of them that I talked to, guess what they did to help with their time management? They got this. Let me drop you some links in an email. Is this still a good email for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you take a look at it and I'll call you back in a couple of days. Let's see if we can get you saving that time. I know uh, we're coming Done. up on time and I don't want to cut you off because yeah. that was a, no, a good. really good piece and I'm glad that we got it in there. And just to wrap it up, one of the things I like to ask is whole spirit of a power hour. You know, you got an hour, every second counts, Tom. What are you doing with your hour? Say it for me one more time. So you got your power hour. You know, you only got an hour. Maybe you're yes. down on quota. Maybe, you know, you have one hour to be as productive as you possibly can doing what you do. How are you investing in that hour? What are you doing? Easy. I'm loading up the biggest list I can to get the conversations driven. They're all strategically picked on priority. Again, I'm using systems. I, this is perfect for me because you're calling me out to say book two meetings in the next hour. I know exactly where I'm going to go to get them. Pull that list, pull my levers, slice it, and then I'm just hammering on the phones for an hour. And everything that I do in that hour, I'm going to save for after. I'm not building ops. I'm not doing notes. Everything is pushed off to the side for the time being. All I'm focusing mm. on that hour is just booking the meetings. What I used to do as a leader is everybody during prospecting blitzes, I would have them send me their accounts they booked a meeting with, and I did all the work for them while they stayed on the phones. Get the calendar invite, put the opportunity together, right? All the busy work, cut it out. Don't do any of it. Mark your notes somewhere else or just take a mental note, drop what you did or keep that tab open of that prospect and then keep going. Keep the momentum and book as many as you can. And then when you're done, come swoop in on those opportunities, build out what you need to, and then come in with a clear plan. Build your list the night before. Do not do it in the hour or an hour before. Build it the night before. Know exactly which vertical or buyer you're going to call and then get a, uh, and, and also stay in one lane. Okay. Pitch the same thing for that hour. Don't be trying to do all these variations because you're just going to waste a whole hour. If you're trying to call three different things in that hour, pick one thing that you know, you can get a meeting from one thing you can focus on a pitch on, whether that's a buyer persona or a type of vertical or a service that you offer that, you know, you can just drive home for an hour. So your script or your form is just crisp and you know, any call you get, you're not pitching this over here. You're not pitching that yeah. every call. Yeah, you got to look everywhere. at notes. You could just, yeah, you could just pick one thing and have the same script every five minutes, you know, and go and then all your busy work saved for the end. That would be my tips if I was about to jump into it. You know, tomorrow you said you got one hour to book three meetings. How you doing it? That's my game plan. Today I'm building out my list. I'm catering it. And tomorrow I'm coming in and uh, executing that with the right per person. Nice. I usually will ask you what one question for me, but I know we got a hard stop coming up here. So maybe we'll take that to LinkedIn. I'll DM you and we can maybe do a collab post in the next day or two. See how that works out. Yeah. But uh, how, where can people find you? How can they connect with you? I am all over LinkedIn. That is my biggest platform. I'm a big fan. I've been on it for two years, building a brand. You can connect with me over there. DM me over there. Um, also join Rev Genius. Uh, get into our community. I live on Slack over there. That's where you can get all of my attention. It's my, you know, our community, our people. Um, so those are the two main channels for me. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you breaking apart your account strategy, getting into cold calling and some of the things that I see that are, people are struggling with and breaking down that power hour. Please connect with Tom. Look at Rev Genius. You will not be disappointed. Thank you, Tom. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. Take care. 
Did you love today's episode? Subscribe now to have our three weekly episodes waiting for you. And if you really like our content, please leave a five-star review. But if you're not ready to give us a review, check out another episode and follow us on LinkedIn. We'd love to win you over. See you next time. See you next time.